You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Week 34 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast with me, Chris Hahn. Hope you all enjoyed Thanksgiving. I hope you took my advice, took a break from politics for a couple of days, and are now ready to get back into it because, man, it is going to heat up quick. So let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the ballot. Not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. So like I said, I hope you took my advice. Crazy week, right? Um, Not a lot to talk about politics from last week other than the president's decision to not participate whatsoever uh, in the impeachment hearings. And if you expected anything less from the the president of the United States, uh, I, I don't know where you've been living. You surely haven't been listening to this podcast the last couple of months, that's for sure. But uh, that's the road he wanted to go. But before I talk about that, let's talk about the holiday. First of all, my turkey came out perfect. Um, I had it brined, and I put it in the oven at 350 for about five hours. It was a big bird, about 26 pounds. I had a big full house, 20, uh, 23 people, including a baby, so 22 adults. Um, so I got a big bird, 26 pounds. Um, 
I actually put a tinfoil tent around the breast at the very beginning this year. Usually I put it in at the end. This year I put it around the breast and the wings the entire time other than like the last 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes that it was in. And I got to tell you, it came out perfect. I pulled it out when the breast was at 159.75, which is just under the 160. And then obviously I let it sit for an hour, maybe about 45 minutes before I started carving it. And let me tell you something, I was carving it and eating it at the same time. It was, I've been doing this now. I've been making the turkey for about 10 years and it's brined. I get it brined. Um, it's fresh. Um, and uh, this is the first time where I felt like, wow, I did this right this time. <laughs> so a little uh, pat on my back, but I did avoid politics the entire day. Didn't talk to my mother about politics at all. Uh, the puppy running around helped. My sister's baby running around helped. I think everybody had a good time. We all enjoyed each other's company. We watched some football. We talked about the dog. We talked about babies. We did not talk about Donald Trump. And I hope to God everybody who listens to this podcast got the same thing going on. Please let me know what you did with your family because... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that we seem to in America today, thanks to Donald Trump, always talk about Donald Trump. And I'm not saying we always talk about politics. I've been talking about politics my whole life. I mean, this is how I make my living now. I mean, I, I, I've been talking about politics my whole life, right? Since I was a little kid and I've always enjoyed talking, talking politics, particularly with people who disagree with me. Right? I mean, I am the liberal that goes on Fox. I enjoy having a spirited debate about politics. And I enjoy talking to people who disagree with me and trying to convince them that my way is the better way. But that's not where we are in America today. Now, it's not really a spirited debate about issues and policy concerns. It's about the man. Is the man fit for office? Are you loyal enough to the man? Now, as I told everybody last week, you know, take a couple days over the holidays not to talk about politics. Clear your head of it. I did. I mean, I not only on Thanksgiving, America, I did not tweet that much. If you follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, I, I barely tweeted over the holiday weekend other than my summer Fridays picture of my puppy. Um... I might have retweeted a few people here and there, but I barely mentioned anything. I watched a lot of television, did a lot of running, still gained weight, but I ran every, I've been, I've run every day for the past 335 days. I'm trying to go for the streak here this year, 360, uh, 365. Um, but I did a lot of running, did a lot of exercise, walked a dog a lot, hung out with my, my, my daughters, my wife, friends. We, you know, did not, engage in politics, but now we're back to it. And I want to call out a few people who think that we can just stay in our own corners, that as progressives in America, we could just keep to ourselves, that they don't think it's okay for presidential candidates to go on Fox News or for me to even go on Fox News. I've had a few people say, you know, we like what you're doing, but we really don't enjoy seeing you on Fox News. You shouldn't be going on Fox News. Well, I go on Fox News because that's where the minds that need to be changed are. And frankly, 
I don't have to change that many of them. I only got to change 1%, if that, on Fox News, and I've changed America. If I went on MSNBC, which I do, and I have done, um, you know, I, I'm talking to people who agree with me. That's fine, too. I enjoy talking to you on this podcast. I enjoy hearing from people who agree with me. And, and I think that recently that has been a real, real treat for me because prior to, you know, this podcast and now my radio show, which uh, as of this week is syndicated. I mean, I'm not supposed to say it, I guess, but uh, I mean, I'll be starting my uh, Long Island-based show uh, is now going to be aired in Orlando, in Gainesville, and San Francisco as of Thursday, uh, and more markets to come. So if you don't get the Chris Hahn Radio Show every Thursday night, um, talk to your local talk radio station, whether it's a conservative or a liberal station, because three of the four stations that I'll be on as of uh, Friday, Thursday, are conservative stations. They are not liberal stations. The station that I've been doing my show on for the last six and a half years, uh, 103.9 LI News Radio on Long Island, uh, carries Sean Hannity. And then I come on after Sean Hannity and people call me up and fight with me. And it's fun. And I enjoy it. And uh, I'll be going on in San Francisco, which is a progressive market. And I'm really excited uh, to be part of that station and to really see more progressive fans. And I, and I really adore the emails and the messages I've been getting from you people who listen to this show um, you know, over the last couple of months. It's been great. I love it. My Twitter following now is mostly progressives. But when I go on TV, I mostly talk to conservatives. When I go on the radio, I think I mostly talk to conservatives. That's going to change with this San Francisco station and some other markets we might be adding, adding soon that are also progressive markets. But um, I think that we all need to get our facts straight and we need to talk to people we love who might support Trump. We can't cut them off from our lives. We can't write them off. We need to talk to them and we need to convince them that this man is no good for this country. And it is not about whether or not they need to be conservatives or liberals right now. And frankly, I mean, there are a lot of conservatives in this country. You've heard them on this radio show, on my radio show. Some of them have been on the podcast who I absolutely respect. And they have a different opinion on what government should be than I do. But this man has a different opinion about what it means to be an American and what it means to be America on the world stage. And I think it's absolutely dangerous. And I think people have been brainwashed to him and we need to invade their space. What do you mean invade their space? I mean, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> In the era of Me Too, I'm not saying invade their space. Invade their airspace. That's why I go into the bubble every day almost. I go in there every day. And even though it might only be for six minutes, I go into the bubble every day and I tell the truth in the bubble. I bring my truths to the bubble. And you could bring your truth. You could bring the truth that is what is actually happening in the world, the truth that is not heard inside the conservative ecosystem. You could bring that truth to your friends and your family just by talking to them. And you can't just say they're stupid because some of them aren't. Some of them are. Most of them aren't. And it's driving me nuts that smart people every single day Smart people every single day stand up for this guy, particularly smart, smart members of Congress, even conservatives who you once respected if you disagree with them, people like Lindsey Graham, 
who sold his soul to Donald Trump for one more term in the U.S. Senate. One more term in the U.S. Lindsey has the unfortunate problem of having to run with Donald Trump next year and maybe having a primary. So to avoid that, he sold his soul to Donald Trump for one more term. What's the point of even being in the Senate if this is who you're going to be? Lindsey. John McCain is rolling over in his grave right now. But I'm encouraging you to get your facts straight, understand the issues called, and have a pleasant conversation with your conservative cousin or your conservative aunt. I do it every day. I mean, I'm, I'm conservative America's liberal cousin. I mean, you know, they know me. They know me better than liberal America knows me now after 10 years on Fox News. And I meet a lot of them. I meet a lot of them, you know, every single day now. I'm meeting people who see me on Fox News. And I have pleasant conversations with them. And sometimes they end with them saying, well, you know, I, I disagree with you, but I really appreciate meeting you. And sometimes I convince people. And I don't even know them. So maybe it's time that all of us progressives stop avoiding our conservative families, as I have, and start having a real conversation about the future of America and just laying out the facts. And it might not work. You might not be able to convince them. It's hard to break people away from a cult. But if I've learned anything from watching the Discovery Channel, it can be done, right? People can be deprogrammed from these cults. And this Trump thing is a lot like a cult, America. I mean, people who three years ago would consider anything that is said encouraging a foreign government, anybody, wait, forget even that. Forget about the encouraging a foreign power to investigate their opponent. Four years ago, most of Americans would agree with this statement. Politics ends at the water's edge. What does that mean? When the president goes abroad, he doesn't engage in politics, and his domestic rivals back home do not attack him while he's abroad, right? Politics ends at the water's edge. That was a solemn rule of our politics in this country. That rule has been thrown out the window by this president who has attacked his political opponents while overseas, who has whined about things that happened in the past, political grievances, if you will, while in while doing a press conference in a foreign country with a foreign leader. Look it up. He's done it. And then also look up everybody in this country complaining about the Dixie Chicks. Think about that. The Dixie Chicks were run out of country music. They were run out of country music during the George Bush administration. They were one of the most popular country music acts in America. And they were run out of country music because while they were at a concert in London... They said they were embarrassed that George W. Bush was from Texas. Kind of mild by what things that this president has said about his political rivals while he is abroad. He's at NATO right now. I'm taping this, so I don't know what he said. He said something already, but you know, probably by now when you're listening to this, because I, I need a couple hours to get it up, by now... 
he has absolutely said something about his political opponents back home. He has said something about impeachment. He's tweeted it or said it while he's at NATO, which, by the way, is also in serious jeopardy if this man gets reelected. So we have to think about these things. We've got to talk to our relatives. We've got to encourage them to seek the truth themselves. You know how I encourage you every day at the end of the show and at the end of my radio show to seek the truth that's out there? We've got to get people to seek the truth. I always say, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, you know, it's okay. Go find the facts yourself. I'm sure you'll find a trusted site. I mean, look at something that's non political at all, like the AP or BBC. I mean, go find something that lays out the facts without spin. And the pride, look, I think part of the problem is in this country, we don't even know what's what. We don't know what's facts without spin. We only know what we see. And we don't know if what we see is truth. I mean, we, I know, you all know. I, I, look, I believe what I read in the New York Times. And I also believe that the New York Times editorial page has opinions. In fact, they call it the opinion section. But the news is the news. Do they get it wrong? Sometimes, rarely? Yes. Doesn't everybody get it wrong? Sometimes, rarely? Because I know that conservatives love to quote the New York Times when it serves their purposes, Right. They love to quote the New York Times when it serves their purposes. But have they ever gotten it wrong? Of course they have. Is Does that mean it's not the news? Isn't the AP the news? I mean, go get your news from the AP. The Associated Press. It's as unbiased and boring as you'll find. And I'm sorry, yes, I know, on occasion, reporters' opinions form. That's why... Good newspapers rotate their reporters. They don't let them stay on a beat for too long because if you stay on a beat for more than three years or so, you might develop an opinion. I mean, you'll be really good. You'll have a lot of great sources, but you might develop an opinion about the people you're covering. So if the people that you're covering on that beat don't change, I mean, I guess you could be on the crime beat. But if the people you're covering, well, even that though, you're covering police officers, you develop relationships, you know what I'm saying. Good newspapers rotate their reporters so they don't develop an opinion and sometimes opinions develop it's there you see it okay it's rare but the news and the facts are there too and good papers like the new york times and the washington post who have good editors who actually review what they're saying that is important to america and it is important that we encourage our conservative friends and family to read those those papers and read find sources that are honest and unbiased. I I don't know if that exists in television today. I really don't. I know that CNN and MSNBC are fact-based, but there's a lot of opinion on those shows too. And you've got to separate those things. Even Fox News has a news division. There was a guy there, Shepard Smith, who up, up until recently when he resigned, did everything he could to bring facts to the Fox audience. And that's you know one of the biggest losses this year is Shep Smith leaving Fox News because there was a voice of journalistic integrity. People want to say he was a liberal at Fox News. I don't think he was a liberal. I knew him. I met him many times. I don't know that he was a liberal. I know that he was a journalist. 
He was a man who sought the truth. And him leaving Fox News is a big blow. It's a big blow because he was inside the bubble. And people would watch him. I used to direct people to watch Shepard Smith at 3 o'clock on Fox News. I would direct people to, to do that. Who would ask me, well, where should I get my news? I don't trust anybody. Everybody's so biased. I'm like, well, you know, there's a guy at Fox News who's on at 3 o'clock, Shepard Smith. I think he's pretty honest. And I think he brings the news. And now he's gone. So we have to encourage our conservative friends to seek the truth too. And we have to we have to work with them, we have to be patient with them, and we have to convince them. And like I said, America, we don't have to convince all of them. We only got to convince 1%, maybe 2. If we could convince 2% of conservatives, that this man is bad for America. I don't, I don't need you to become a liberal for the rest of your life. I need you to vote for anybody but him in 2020. I don't need you to convince you that, you know, Hillary Clinton would have been a better president even though she would have been. I don't need to convince you to like Warren or Sanders or anything. I just need to convince you not to vote for Donald Trump. And if you could convince 1% of your fellow, or even just to take him, and look at him critically. Man, you have won the war. So, let's take some time. In the next couple of weeks, let's get our facts straight. And then right after the new year, let's start that conversation with our conservative friends. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a short break, and then I'll be back. I'll talk about everything else that's going on. Stay where you're at. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. All right, back. So let's talk a little bit about impeachment. By the way, no guests tonight, you might have noticed. It's a uh, holiday week. I did not do a radio show last week. I ran a best of. I usually take my guests from the radio show. So I was off from radio last week. So you're stuck with me. Sometimes I'll get a guest just for the pod. But uh, it was hard with Thanksgiving and people running around. And I've got a syndication starting this week. So... You're stuck with me, America. I hope you enjoy it. I hope I'm being okay. Um, but it gives me a little extra time to talk to you. And I think, uh, let me know if you like it. Let me know if you like these shows where it's just me. Shoot me an email. Go to ChristopherHahn.com or tweet at me at ChristopherHahn. Follow me on Facebook. You know, you can tweet at me there or Facebook me, whatever you do. But let me know what you think. Let me know if you like uh, the solo act that I'm doing tonight. Um so uh, the guests might get a little better now that I'm syndicated, <laughs> but uh, 
Uh, I've had some great guests, but I might get some even greater guests. Who knows? Uh, there are rumors going around that I'm going to get a big guest very soon. Um, so let's talk about impeachment. Where should I start? Let, let's start with the Republicans' response to the Intel Committee's um, report. And they put it out before the Intel Committee's report was finalized. And basically it says the president did nothing wrong. That all these witnesses just hate Donald Trump and they're out to get Donald Trump. And it's just a conspiracy to get Donald Trump. And oh my God, let me just lie on the floor and pound my fist into the carpet until people agree with me that the president did nothing wrong. Like it's totally okay for a president of the United States to get on a call with a foreign power and say, please investigate my opponent. Like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to say, work with Rudy Giuliani, who we all know was actively seeking dirt on Joe Biden in Ukraine. And how do we know that? Because Giuliani said it. Giuliani said it. Not Chris Hahn. Not Hillary Clinton. Not Joe Biden. Rudy Giuliani went on national television. And I'm not even talking about in September when he started having meltdowns. Rudy Giuliani went on national television like back in June. And said he wanted to go to Ukraine to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. And we have a phone call in July where the president says, work with Rudy Giuliani. I'm sorry. That's evidence enough for me, America. That is evidence enough. Those two things are evidence enough that the president was seeking foreign assistance. Foreign assistance. To find dirt on his political opponent. That is not okay. It is not okay for the President of the United States to sit in the Oval Office, get on the phone call, and demand that a foreign leader work with Rudy Giuliani on anything, let alone digging up dirt on his opponent. It's disgusting. And for the Republicans to put out a report saying, everything's okay and it's all just a wish hunt and a scam, and the President says it's a scam. It's just a scam. Wah, wah, wah. It's not a scam. It's not a hoax. I don't think the president knows what the definition of a hoax is. It's not a hoax. It's reality. It actually happened. And all I really need is the president's own words and Rudy Giuliani's own words. And you put those two things together. And I'm not even talking about, like I said, I'm not even talking about when he yelled at me, America where he said there's the State Department directed him to go to Ukraine to get dirt on Rudy Giuliani. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about what he said in June. I'm going to Ukraine to find out what happened with Burisma and Joe Biden. And when, you know, what's worse is that there are many Senate Republicans and I'm sure many House Republicans who know this full well, that this is just utter nonsense that the president should not have been engaged in this activity and that this activity is absolutely wrong and impeachable. And what do we got? Crickets. We got crickets. We got crickets from them. Or we have the president did nothing wrong. We have guys like John Kennedy going on meet the press over the weekend and once again spouting Putin's talking points about the Ukraine and the 2016 election when, you know, I thought that two weeks ago he did the same thing, right? Senator John Kennedy, Republican from Louisiana, who used to be a Democrat, I'm pretty sure 
that two weeks ago, he had the same problem. And then he recanted and he said, no, it was uh, Putin and the Russians who investigated, who, uh, who interfered with the election. And now he go. I, he must have went home and 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 taken some heat from Trump heads in Louisiana who said, "How could you even say that the president's wrong?" See, this is the cult mentality we were just talking about. And then he has to go out on TV and say, "Well, it was the Russians, but it was also the Ukrainians," which is what Putin wants you to say. It's a Russian disinformation campaign. That the Republican Party, I mean, I I feel bad calling them the Republican Party, that the Donald Trump Republicans want to promulgate for the benefit of Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is helping Putin here. Whether he's doing it willingly or unwillingly, that's the result. We have a party in this country that refuses to see the facts. We have a party in this country that refuses to take our national security seriously, that they are willing for political gain only to parrot talking points provided to them by the Kremlin, our adversary. America, this is nonsense, absolute nonsense that needs to end and needs to end now. We need a Republican Party that at least agrees on the facts. And, you know, you hear all these, well, you didn't convince any Republicans to go along with you, so you didn't make your case for impeachment from every pundit in the world. Well, how could you convince people who are just unwilling to see the facts of something that's staring them right in the face? Take the transcript of that call where the president is seeking dirt on Joe Biden. Combine that with the transcript of Rudy Giuliani's numerous appearances on national television and in the newspapers in June, saying he's going to Ukraine to seek dirt on Joe Biden. And there you go. Voila. The president was seeking dirt on Joe Biden. That is an abuse of power. Seeking dirt on his political opponent, using an official act of withholding that aid too. Okay. Using an official act and asking for that help specifically, directly from the president of the Ukraine. I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Like if I make the case that simply to you, America, put two and two together, it equals four. Remember we had that conversation um, with Vinman, or sorry, Ambassador San, uh, San, San, I'm forgetting his name, Sanman. Remember that? Remember how we had that conversation? Two plus two equals four. Rudy Giuliani seeking aid and seeking help in June to uh, go into Ukraine to dig up dirt on Joe Biden plus the phone call equals coordination and conspiracy to use your office to dig up dirt on your political opponent. Oh, the president has a right. He has a right to seek out corruption before we give U.S. aid. Well, yes, he does. And there's a process for that. And the his own Defense Department certified that the Ukrainians did everything that they should be doing to fight corruption. And beyond that, uh, other than the corruption dealing with himself, Joe Biden and the 2016 campaign where he thinks there's some physical server somewhere in Ukraine. What other corruption did you have you seen this president seek out across the world? Like, what have you sought, Mr. President? What 
corruption has this president sought anywhere but where it will help him politically. In fact, I mean, he deals with corrupt people every day. I mean, uh, look at what's going on with North Korea, with Kim. Look at it. One of the most corrupt places in the world. Well, not one of, the most corrupt places in the world. He's having a beautiful love affair with Kim. Meanwhile, the guy's launching rockets over Thanksgiving. I don't know if you noticed that in the paper. I stopped long enough to read that. Look at look at Erdogan in Turkey and the president's relationship with them. Look at Saudi Arabia. Look at all the corruption going on in those countries and this president doesn't care. Building hotels there. Brazil, building hotels. He doesn't care. What are his kids doing running around the world while he's president using the Trump name? What is what are we looking into that? I hear all these conversations about how Joe Biden's son got paid a lot of money to be on a board. Well, people get paid a lot of money to be on boards and people get on boards because they know people. Sorry. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's a good look. But it's not illegal. There's nothing illegal about what Hunter Biden did. Do I think it was politically smart? Absolutely not. And that was that point was made during these impeachment hearings and echoed by numerous Democrats, including myself. Oh, wait, I I could point out that there's something wrong with somebody who I like. Yes. Probably why Joe Biden, Joe Biden probably won't be the nominee. And one of the reasons is he's not answering that question well enough. Sorry, he's not. And that stinks because he's a great guy and a great man. And he was a great senator and a great vice president. And I know he makes a lot of gaffes. I mean, I know he's a gaff machine. I mean, that's that's another reason, right? But he needs to answer that question better. He had a great career. He's done a lot of great things in this country. He's been great. He will be great again if he gets the opportunity, but I don't think that's going to happen. I also think, like I said, I'm a Gen Xer. I'd like to see a Gen X presidential nominee or, you know, a millennial. I'm tired of the baby boomers and Joe Biden and Donald Trump aren't even baby boomers. They're from the silent generation. I mean, this is the, this is the oddity of Donald Trump. Never in our history has the torch been passed from one generation to the next and then passed back. And not only did we pass it back, we passed over the generation that had been here, the baby boomers, and passed it all the way back past the greatest generation back to the silent generation. I guess the silent generation is is actually younger than the greatest generation. Older, younger. I don't know. I mean, something like I'm, I'm messed up on the generations. Yeah. The silent generations, they come between the baby boomers and the greatest generation. I'm tired of the boomers. I, I I didn't even know about the silent generation until this guy came around, came along. Never really thought about it. Um, most people didn't. That's why they're called the silent generation, because none of us thought about it. And now we have Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, two leading contenders in the Democratic primary, who are also of the silent generation. Wow. All of a sudden, the silent generation has gotten really loud. <laughs> right? They're really loud. They're all over the place. I want 
I want to pass the torch. I First of all, I, you guys, if you listen to me with regularity and if you're baby boomer, I apologize. I am not talking about anybody specifically, but I am talking about as a generation, I feel like the baby boomers had it all and threw it away and they made things worse and I think it's time to move on from them. And I know that is it's not fair and it's not everybody. There are a lot of great people who are baby boomers who've done a lot of great things for this world, but collectively as a group, and those great people understand this, I think. Collectively, as a group, that generation has failed us. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be an exceptional baby boomer that becomes the Democratic nominee and becomes a president. But actually, I don't even think there's one. I mean, I guess Elizabeth Warren's a baby boomer. Everybody else is either Gen X or millennial. I mean, Pete, Mayor Pete's a millennial. I, I, I keep obsessing about this. <laughs> I'm a Gen X guy. And we had one great president, Barack Obama. But we had a lot of great music. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Green Day. Um, so yeah. I I'm obsessed with this a little bit. And I guess I'm I'm going off on a tangent. I, I went from Donald Trump's impeachment to Joe Biden to the twenty twenty. So let me just let me wrap up a little bit here by talking about twenty twenty and um you know where we stand. I mean, here we are. Uh I think we're about two months from Iowa. Two months before we start actually casting votes, less than two months before we actually start casting votes. And I got to say, it's very fluid. Mayor Pete is way ahead in Iowa right now, it looks like. But way ahead means like five points and only 30% of people I saw in that Iowa registry poll said that they were absolutely sure who they were going to vote for. The person in Iowa whose supporters are most sure of them is Bernie Sanders. And he's like third or fourth in that poll, or maybe statistically tied for second, if you really ask me. So I got to think Bernie Sanders, with all that money and all that organization, is in good shape in both Iowa and New Hampshire. He's, he's leading in some polls in New Hampshire. He's second in to, to Mayor Pete in New Hampshire. He's a neighbor. He's got a lot of money. He's got a big organization. He's got fervent supporters, right? He's got supporters who absolutely believe that he is the only person who should be president. That helps. Uh, Warren has been dropping like a stone, but I would not count her out. She's been campaigning hard, um, and we'll see where she lands. But I, my question is, you know, and I'd love to hear from you on this if you want to reach out to me via Twitter or email. Who of the people who are not in that top four makes it through? Who's the surprise, Right. I mean, is it Klobuchar or Harris? Or, or, or is Cory Booker going to survive? I mean, Cory Booker's not even on the debate stage yet uh, for the December debate. He has not yet qualified. And he might not qualify for the December debate. I, I love Cory Booker. Um, I think he is a great candidate. And I think he speaks in a way that will be healing to this country. And I think that is so important um, after Trump. I think that he can take them on and be tough with them, but he can also speak in a healing way, which I think we're going to need because we're going to have, we're going to need to heal. But I'm wondering who is going to surprise us because Iowa tends to surprise us, right? Well, they say there's three tickets out of Iowa every year. Maybe there'll be four this year. And then you got Bloomberg getting in on Super Tuesday. I don't think that's a strategy worth worth trying. I think that that's a, I think that's a weak strategy 
frankly. I know he's got money to burn and he can compete in those states no matter what. And I thought his ad's good. I like his ad. I just don't get it. I think that you're out of the conversation for the next, you know, three months, you know, four months. Well, you're talking about Super Tuesdays early March and it's December. And yet I know you're going to be running ads in those in those Super Tuesday states. And I know that they're going to make an impact because others won't be able to do that yet. But you're not part of the national conversation that we're having if you're not in the race right now. Nobody's going to be talking about you on election night. Nobody's going to be talking about you on the Iowa caucus night or or New Hampshire or South Carolina or Nevada. Nobody's going to nobody's going to be talking about Bloomberg. So how do you get in? How do you how do you sneak how do you how do you draw that inside straight and win Super Tuesday? Now, I, you know, there's some thought that he needs to have some delegates going into a convention that might be open. And I think it might be open. And I hear Republicans salivating. Oh, the Democrats are going to be in chaos. They're going to have an open convention. America, open convention would be riveting television. Open convention would mean people will be paying attention when they don't normally pay attention. I don't know how that's a bad thing. I get it. You won't have time to campaign and get out there and start taking it to the to the president. But you know what? The president won't know who to take it to either. And his campaign is not about, oh, look at me. I did great things. No, his campaign is about how you suck and how you're a socialist and how you're a communist and how you're bad for America and how your son was on a board. His campaign is not about substance and things he's done and accomplishments. His, his campaign is a 100% attack, attack, attack campaign. No matter who his opponent is, he's going to call them a radical leftist socialist. He called John Bell Edwards. Look him up. He called John Bell Edwards a radical leftist socialist. The governor of Louisiana. Democrat. Probably the most conservative Democrat in the country. So, open convention? We don't have to start taking the barbs of the president until sometime in late July? I'm not against that. I mean, I'm not. I'm not against it at all. I actually think it'll be fun. I'll go. I, I, I haven't gone in a while. I haven't gone to the convention in years. I mean, they're boring. I mean, the parties are fun. But an open convention would be riveting. Would be riveting. So maybe Bloomberg's strategy is he thinks there's going to be an open convention. I'm going to compete on the Super Tuesday stage. Maybe I take 10% of the delegates on Super Tuesday and I've got a seat at the table come open convention time. Because open convention means we don't know. The nominee doesn't even have to run right now. The nominee could be somebody. You could pluck somebody out of thin air. It could be Tom Hanks and Oprah. You can, the, the, the nominee could be anyone in an open convention. So I, you know, that could be his play. One thing I know about Bloomberg, he's got a lot of smart people working for him. He's got some of the best people working for him, America. So they must see some path here that I don't see other than what I just told you. That's my theory on Bloomberg, that he is playing for an open convention. He's going to put his, now, look, if Bernie Sanders wins Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, that's not going to happen, Right? 
Bernie Sanders is like in third place in a lot of these polls, fourth place. But his, like I said, his supporters are, are fervent. He could come out of these polls. He could come out of these elections winning all three of them. Or he could lose all three of them and be done. And we could have four different winners of the first four states. And then Super Tuesday becomes a free-for-all. Then what? <laughs> May you live in interesting times. Well, we sure do, don't we, America? We sure do. All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this solo edition of me uh, talking to you. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And it's now time for me to remind you, as always, to seek the truth. Question everything and everyone, America, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 